Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to have you with us. My name is Kyle Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at itsalldead.com, and joining me from Chicago is the one, the only, Kyle Schultz. Kyle, how are you doing? Yoo-la-hoo! Doing pretty good. Nice. Uh, Kyle and I run a little website called itsalldead.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that already. If you don't know that, well, now you do. Go check it out at itsalldead.com. We write about music. We share photos of music, people. And uh, we talk about music on this podcast. And one of uh, one of my favorite things that we do, and this is it's probably the most trivial thing that we do, is we do these podcasts where we kind of uh, rank albums from some of our favorite bands or just do like a podcast devoted to one particular band talking about the evolution of that band's music. Um, of course, we're really unfair in, you know, ranking albums and songs, but it's just a fun way for us to kind of process a band's catalog. And we only do it because we love Uh, the bands that we talk about here. So um, it seemed like it was time for us to do another one of these. And the one that made the most sense to me was Yellow Card uh, because they just put out their final album a couple weeks ago, which Kyle reviewed for our website. And so here we are. Uh, How does it feel, Kyle, knowing that as far as we're concerned in terms of new music, we are, there's no more Yellow Card. It is actually a little more devastating than I thought it was going to be. Yellow Card is one of those bands that I didn't get into until way too late in the game. And knowing that they're not going to have anything new coming out is honestly... It's one of those things that it hits you harder than you thought it was going to way too late. Uh, You know, they're one of those bands I love... But they're also kind of a constant. Like, they've been around since I was in middle school, honestly. And to see them actually decide to come to an end is something that I never thought I would really see. Yeah. When you say got into them too late in the game, what does that mean? Like, when did you start listening to Yellow Card? Um, I started listening to Yellow Card when I was in middle school when... Ah, shoot, what's it called? One for the Kids or something? Yeah, One for the Kids came out. Uh, I happened to hear one of their songs randomly in a hot topic and asked who the band was. And I loved the band. I waited until Ocean Avenue came out. I remember sitting by a computer with one of my friends um, waiting for the first single Way Away to come out. And we waited until the clock struck down for it to be released online and brought up the webpage and listened to it nonstop for an hour or two. Okay, so that's an awesome story. So Ocean Avenue, the album, I fell in love with when I uh, listened to it for the first time. I listened to it nonstop for a very long time. And for whatever reason, that's where I ended my love with the band. I didn't come back to them for years. And and, uh, where I really kind of found my stride with them was I went to see All Time Low uh, headline a tour maybe four years ago right after yellow card came back from their hiatus and this was right after they put out when you're through thinking when you're through thinking say yes and uh they weren't even headlining the tour they were kind of the undercard for it and i hadn't listened to a single song by them in probably six years i want to say and just 
the appearance of them, the reaction they got, and the energy they put into their album threw me so deep into them that I haven't stopped listening to them since. So I went from being in love with them when they first really hit it big to not giving a shit for half a decade and then being thrown right into the middle of them all over again. So a couple things I want to comment on there. One, uh, I, I don't think that your story uh, and journey with Yellow Card is... I, I think yours is actually probably the common one. I think a lot of people probably identify with that exact situation. Uh, two, you know, saying you got into him late in the game. I mean, you had, I mean, you were listening to one for the kids before ocean Avenue even came out. And most people, I feel like that was not the case. That wasn't the case for me by any means. Like you were definitely uh, at least had your foot in the door pretty early, which is really awesome. Like th that's a cool thing to be able to say, because I think most people want to be able to say that, but they actually can't. And uh, three, middle school. You disgust me um, because you're <laughs> you're a child. How is that possible? <laughs> middle school. I don't understand. Are are you that much I, younger I'm, than me? I'm I, like two years younger than you. How are you in most. middle school? I was in college when Ocean Avenue came out. That doesn't make sense. Oh. Fuck, maybe I am uh, exaggerating slightly, but not by much. Well, you're still a young lad at any rate. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but that's, uh, I, I think a lot of people identify um, with that particular scenario that you just laid out. Uh, personally, I was given Ocean Avenue as a Christmas present by one of uh, my friends. I had a friend in college um, I, he was in a band with a couple of his brothers and I lived in the same house as them for a while. And, uh, this person, I can say his name, Mitch. Um, hi Mitch, if you're listening, I doubt it, but Hey, um, he was the lead <laughs> singer of the band and I pretty much anything that he listened to, I immediately thought was like the coolest thing ever. Um, and I think he kind of knew that. Um, and he introduced me to a lot of bands that I ended up loving, um, he would usually like stop listening to them, like right after I got into them. Um, and I would feel a little like a dweeb, but that's just cause he was always on to the next cooler thing. And he, anyway, he gave ocean Avenue to me for Christmas, uh, in 2003, right after it came out. Um, I, and knowing that I would probably be into it cause I was really, uh, kind of getting into the whole pop punk genre at that point. MXPX was one of my favorite bands. And that was actually, I remember that was my first comment, like after he'd asked like what I thought of it. And I was like, it sounds like MXPX, um, which was like <laughs> a really dumb thing to say. I mean, they're both pop punk, but um, it, it was what it was. But anyway, I was hooked from that point um, and pretty much wrote it out. I was uh, pretty devastated when they went on hiatus in 2008. That was a real big bummer for me. Um, seeing them come back was a great moment. There, there are a lot of things to discuss there that I, I think were really cool. I, and I feel good. I mean, I, I, you know, I got in the door before Ocean Avenue like took off as a single. So like it still wasn't like everybody was listening to him yet, but it wasn't like I was on mm -hmm. like because this band has several albums even before Ocean Avenue. Um, yeah, so that's a kind of an interesting thing. Most people consider Ocean Avenue kind of the start uh, when they're talking about Yellow Card, um, even though it's technically not. But um but yeah, I, we, I remember we bonded over this because I was at that same tour with Yellow Card and All Time Low. That was actually the first concert I ever shot photos uh, professionally for. Um, and it was so exciting to see Yellow Card come out. It, it was emotional because, I, you know, thinking a band is gone, 
Um, and then having, having them back in your life again is a really incredible thing. Um, yeah. Having them come out and immediately start off with a way away. It was just like, it was just this rush of feelings, you know? I mean, I, it's easy to call it nostalgia, but it was just like, wow, this band's incredible. It was just, it was a great moment. And it's kind of persisted since then. I mean, they've, they really haven't taken their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. No. Um, and that was the other thing I, uh, at that concert, so yellow card was the under headliner. I don't quite know the term right at the moment. I, uh, and they came out on stage, and I remember Ryan Key just lifted his arms in the air, and he looked like a giant Y, the way he was standing. Uh-huh. And the sound of the crowd screaming for him was the most deafening noise I have ever heard in my life. And that was before they even played a note. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, people love this band. And then once I started playing, it... It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen, and I've seen them four times since, like after that, and they're still one of the all-time greatest bands I've ever seen live. Yeah, they're incredible. The, and the crazy thing about that night, and it was like the, did you see that? Where did you see that show? Was that Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Okay, and I was at the Cincinnati show, so two different cities, same experience. At this point, All Time Low was uh, kind of at their high point, I feel like. They'd just released yeah. dirty work so they had a major label album out and they were they were huge at the time yellow card as the opener comes out and i feel like the crowd was just as wild if not wilder for yellow card than they were all time low so it was a really kind of uh unique experience uh definitely on yeah. that night so we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the band's history some of our favorite songs and uh, albums from the band but i want to start off by talking about yellow card the self-released album that they just put out uh, like I mentioned, you reviewed it for It's All Dead. Share with me a little bit now that we're a few weeks away from it. Have you still been listening to it? How are you feeling about the album now? Um, I still like the album a lot. I haven't been listening to it as much as I thought, but that's a bit of a side effect of Green Day releasing their new album a week afterwards. Yeah. Um, it's still, I still think it's an amazing album. It uh, kind of put things back in perspective for me after they released Lift a Sail, which kind of threw the band in a different light, and they, it seems like they kind of found their footing again. They really kind of tested themselves throughout the album, and they really just kind of had fun with it. It didn't seem like it was an album that was trying to get itself on the radio or something that was trying to be you know, an indie record or something. It's just they really played with it, and it seems like they really had a lot of fun uh, putting it together knowing it was going to be the end. Yeah, it feels like a good. It feels like it pays homage to a lot of their past work. Um, you can feel influence from a lot of their different albums um, on Yellow Card, and that's kind of fun. It's a it's a pleasant listen for being a final record. They didn't get crazy. They didn't do something really experimental. They just made an album that I think encapsulates Yellow Card. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my favorite songs on it. I, I've listened to it quite a bit. I got yours. Uh, a place we set a fire in Savior's robes were probably my favorites. Are the ones that stick out to me the most. Um, but really, it's it's solid front to back, and they've done this a lot. They they create albums in my mind that are really pleasant listens front to back. They rarely have uh, a lot of filler that's included for the most part. And this one was an album that I, I definitely felt strongly in that sense. Ten songs, very succinct, um, and they're all really strong tracks. Yeah. No. Um. I have a weird love-hate relationship with their albums, just for the fact that 
their albums are something that you can put on and listen to start to finish with, and it sounds amazing all the way through, but if you really start kind of, uh, you know, picking them apart a little bit, I have a very, very, very bad habit of cherry picking their songs from, so it's like I'll make my own mix or something, and you'll have 20 songs that should be radio destroying singles and about 10 songs that are really good songs but they don't quite have the same magic Hmm. um for me yellow card is something that they lie somewhere in the middle ground of just making the greatest music known to man and very good songs yeah If if that makes any sense no i get that um and it's interesting you you brought up in one way, this band hit at the perfect time. I mean, I was just looking at the this final album, the self-titled, is the 10th album from this band. I mean, they had a long career and wrote a lot of songs. Um, and a lot of it was the fact that they got 10 albums in was because of Ocean Avenue, um, especially the single Ocean Avenue on the on the album itself uh, being such a hit. They, they struck gold at a really big time where they kind of became a household name, uh, grew a really huge fan base and a lot of people uh, that stuck with them all the way through. And that, that can really sustain a career. It was obviously huge for them. And you talk about writing songs that would have sound perfect on the radio. Uh, this band, Ryan key knows how to write a hook. Um, there's no question about it. And I remember in 2012 at warp tour, I uh, believe it. Yeah. It must've been 2012. Um, they, uh, they were putting out Southern air and I was interviewing Ryan and I was talking about like, you know, do you feel like some of the songs in this album, basically like, are, are there any singles here? Do you feel like that you're going to have a chance at, at radio play here? And he kind of bristled at it a little bit. And uh, he, he was basically like, look, you know, the radio doesn't play the music that we make anymore. Like that, that time has passed. We play guitars and drums and that's, that's not something that, you know, pop radio is interested in. So we really have no, no, that's not even a a thought on our minds when we write our songs. We don't even worry about it. That time has passed. And I really thought that, that for me was kind of hit me of like, Oh wow. Like he's totally right. Like yellow card isn't getting back on the radio and the band's aware of that. They're just writing really great songs. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where pop punk as a genre is this day. It's, it's not going to be radio friendly. Um, you know, the Wonder Years, I think if they'd come out 15 years ago, they might have really lit up uh, MTV. But these days, you know, they're the best band on the scene, I feel personally, and they're not making the radio fucking anywhere. Right. Uh, Yellow Card aren't going to do the same thing. They lit up when they needed to. They did what they needed to at the time. They were something so unique that even going on hiatus and coming back, not only did they have name recognition for when they came back, but their music improved so much um, from you know just the hiatus to when they released the first album. I felt, anyway, that they made such an improvement upon themselves that they weren't particularly trying to get back on the radio. They were just trying to keep up with the scene. And not only mm-hmm. that, but they were leading it. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, so point is, we really like Yellow Card. We really enjoy the self-titled. 
Um, and we're excited to talk about uh, the band's music, which we're going to do in just a moment, kind of break down the albums and, and talk about a few songs. Before we do that, uh, something that I, I've been trying to do at the top of the podcast, and I just got so gosh darn excited that um, I forgot to do it completely. Language. <laughs> I know. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, folks. Sorry, kids. Sorry, parents. Um, Kyle, what are you? Uh, are you? We usually have a beverage during this uh, podcast, just because it. Um, we both uh, um, like the drink a uh, little too much. Um, but yeah, and then I've been asking you what you're having to drink while we record the show. What is it tonight? Well, uh, prior to starting the podcast, I had about two Innocent Guns, which is a heavy beer that's aged in, um, I believe it's bourbon barrels. Mm. So it has a slight taste of bourbon to it. Since finishing those, I am enjoying myself in a quaint Malbec red wine. Nice. And uh, <laughs> the beer you just sounds need. classy. <laughs> uh, really, I need help. Please help me. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy. So that the beer you're referencing is what we shared back in July when I was up in Chicago. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. That's true. That stuff was good, and I haven't been able to find it since I was up there. So we're gonna have to work something oh. out. Well, in that case, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, tonight, I'm having a uh, Chamberson Rosé from Oliver Winery, which is just down the road from Indianapolis and in, uh, Bloomington. Um, I like to go down to – we like to go down to Oliver like once or twice a year. It's a really great place to kind of chill out and drink some wine, but we love their wines. And so we uh, bring a variety back, and tonight I'm having the Chamberson. So, but we're both wine guys tonight. That's neat. Well played, mister. Look at us. <laughs> Perfect for a discussion about pop punk. Um, <laughs> well, so what we usually do at this point in these types of podcasts is we'll share like our rankings of the albums. Um, I have done that for Yellow Card. You have not tonight, but you're going to comment uh, as I share here. And we'll just kind of have a back and forth uh, as we talk through the albums. Um, now, I'm going to preface this by saying I just mentioned that the self-titled they released a few weeks ago is the 10th album from the band. We are only discussing seven. We're having this conversation from Ocean Avenue on. And the reason I'm doing that is to not be disingenuous in that, you know, I was listening to the older records for Ocean Avenue because I wasn't. Um, Ocean Avenue is the beginning of Yellow Card for me. And so that's where I'm starting with the discussion. Not to slight the albums that came before it, but that's just how we're doing this tonight. Um, and I'm going to work backwards. So uh, I tried, I, I over, every time we do this, I find myself overthinking it to an extreme, like so much that like I'll listen back to it later and be like, ah, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Um, so I'm not trying to be cool tonight. I'm not trying to, you know, do something crazy. I just, I went with my gut. Um, so number seven, uh, I didn't have to think about it all. It was lights and sounds. Um, and I will say that I enjoy all of all seven of these albums in different ways. Um, there's none of them that I dislike, um, but if there was one that I was going to stop listening to, it would probably be Lights and Sounds. It's my least favorite of this group that we're talking about. Um, I remember when it came out, and I remember being kind of bummed. I think that was the feeling of a lot of people at the time. Like uh, For everybody that loved Ocean Avenue so much, Lights and Sounds is a lot darker of a record. Uh, it's a lot grittier of a record. Um, it wasn't the sound I was necessarily hoping for, but that's fine. Uh, I can go back and listen to it now, like within the yellow card canon and kind of understand its place. Um, but it's the one I reach to uh, reach for the least. 
and to me it's when we talk about when I talk about solid front to back albums it's the least solid front to back there's all there's quite a bit of filler and lights and sounds in my opinion but um, I don't know what what are your thoughts on that record yeah lights and sounds is actually the album that made me stop listening to them for a long time hmm. uh, I was in love with Ocean Avenue and when this came out there's some good singles on this record but I couldn't just sit down and listen to it front to back um I, I feel like now that we're further into their career, it's a bit more – it holds up better over eight, over time. But when it first came out, it just sounded disjointed. It sounded a lot harder. Um, and I know the band were experimenting a little bit. They didn't want to do the same record twice. But it's just – it wasn't what I was expecting from a band that did something like Ocean Avenue. It wasn't as poppy. It wasn't as uh, – it didn't feel quite as sunny, if that makes sense. It yep. just – even the cover art is just dark and gloomy and it's a good record. It just, it sounded like they took a bunch of songs. They, it didn't have the same kind of optimism that ocean Avenue had. It was just, it was a little depressing. And when you put it all together, it just sounded like it was just another pop punk record. It wasn't yellow card the way I, it, I had expected them. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair way of, of putting it. And, you know, I've read a lot and I'm sure you have too, about how the album was kind of born out of the frustrations the band had of leaving home and getting into the, uh, the music industry and everything they kind of faced, uh, just kind of the dark side of that. And so in a lot of ways you can view it as an album that Ryan key really needed to write. Um, but, uh, I think everything you said is spot on. It's also to me, uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned Sean Mack and we haven't even mentioned the fact that this band has a violin player, which was like the thing <laughs> everybody was talking about when the band started. It's just like, it just makes sense uh, at this point. Um, but for me, it's the album that Sean shines the least. I, I don't feel like he had a lot of room on that record to um, to really do his thing. Um, yeah. So that's Lights and Sounds. Number six, and this is going to sound weird, but I put uh, Yellow Card, the self-titled there. And I only did that because I... I just don't feel like Holy I've had shit. it. <laughs> I don't feel like I've had it long enough to know where to put it. Like I just, I need to spend more time with it. Like, ask me in a year, and then I'll be able to tell you a little bit better about where it falls within the the seven albums for me. It's not a slight to it. I just don't know where to put it, other than I know that I like it more than Lights and Sounds. You know? Yeah. No, I feel like the biggest slight against it is most other Yellow Card sound or uh, albums, not soundtracks. They're not doing anything. Uh, most other Yellow Card albums, I can pick out the various songs that I'm going to love for the rest of my life. And Yellow Card has maybe one or two. The rest of it just seems like I can't find what I feel like are the singles. Um, there's a lot of songs I very, yeah. very much like. There's a lot of songs I respect. It seems like they really tried to really outdo themselves and everything, but there's not really more than maybe the lead single, maybe one other song that I can really say sound like a yellow card single. The rest of it just kind of sounds like it's a very good album. Um, and like you said, I haven't had enough time to really digest it for the rest of the, their uh, discography, but the rest of it kind of seems like they really played more to themselves than anything else. And I don't quite know where to put the rest of it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how we feel about it in a year or two. Um, Number five, I put when you're through thinking, say yes. Um, I think it's a great record. It's a it's the perfect comeback album for them. I mean, it's it's exactly the album I would have wanted them to write uh, after having been on hiatus. 
Um, there's still a ton of songs that I, I love on it. I don't go to it as frequently as I do uh, the top four. But um, when I do, I do kind of cherry pick from it. There's a lot of really great songs. And another thing we haven't mentioned, uh, LP, the drummer, former drummer of Yellow Card, um, really shines on this album to me. I really That was hard for me when he left the band. Uh, and I think it was hard for a lot of people because he was such a, a, yeah. an integral part of that group and such a great drummer. Um, but I love in the video um, for the uh, second single for this album that suddenly is completely spacing me. Oh, Hang You Up. So there's a moment where <laughs> Ryan's like been walking around through the video, like he's working at a fast food restaurant or something. Then he comes up, LP stands up from the drums and puts the that black jacket over his shoulders. And Ryan Key walks up to the mic. And I remember just getting chills at that moment because like, you know, that was kind of like that signature, you know, jacket that you'd see Ryan wearing in like the videos and stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like the most amazing we're back moment I've ever experienced. But, um, but yeah, this is a really yeah. fun pop punk record. No, this is actually my favorite yellow card record. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it's just that, uh, like I said, I saw them for the first time opening for all time low after years of not listening to them. This, they had just released this album and they were selling it at, uh, the venue I saw them at. So I bought it. And even though I had just seen All Time Low absolutely dismantle the venue, I put this album in and I listened to it for the three-hour car ride home. Uh, it's everything I had ever wanted of Yellow Card that I expected of them, that I loved of them in the first place, you know, a decade earlier. It's just, it was optimistic. It was very fast. It was very hard. Ryan Key sounded amazing. Sean Mackin's violin sounded amazing. Uh, LP's drumming was just mind-boggling. And I'm just going to throw this out here. He's the second best drummer I have ever seen live. Uh, the only person I think who's better than him as a drummer is Travis Barker. And that's only because I've seen them both about the same amount of times. And I just love the both of them. But every song in this album I loved all the way to the end. It's the album I listen to front to back the most. Uh, of Yellow Card, and just I, there's so many songs in here that I think should have been their comeback single, and they never really had that, and I don't think they needed to. They had the respect they needed to as a band. Uh, they had the respect they needed to as in the genre as a whole, but it's just this was the comeback album that I can think of. Yeah, great thoughts about LP. He's probably my third favorite drummer. Um, Alex already oh, had the Sayos and. Uh, takes the cake for me, but but yeah, he was he was such a, always such a blast to watch live. Um, real quickly, what's your favorite song on When You're Through Thinking? Say yes. Um, it's kind of a toss up between the sound of you and me, just because it's different from anything else Yellow Card have really put out. I you know it's a weird, it's a fast song, but it's also very sublime. And for you and your denial is what I expected of a comeback song from Yellow Card. It's just, it's hard, it's intense, it's violin heavy. Yep. Um, it, it's literally everything I had ever wanted from the band that I expected to be on Lights and Sounds, and it wasn't. I still remember the night that uh, um, For You and Your Denial went up for streaming on Absolute Punk, and just hearing the, that violin play, I was just like, oh my god, this is incredible. Um, 
So I'm going to move on up to number four, uh, Lift a Sail. This is, I think, the album people are going to look back on with raised eyebrows the most. It's the most unique uh, Yellow Card album and that it's not really, there's not a lot of pop punk there. Um, there is a lot of, I feel like, gosh, I don't know what to call it, sort of alt rock or, you know, pop rock sort of songs on it. Um, but I love it. I, I think it's so full of emotion. A lot of it was born out of, you know, uh, something that Ryan and his, uh, his fiance now wife had gone through with a, a, a skiing accident, I think. And, um, kind of the challenges that they face there. And it's just, to me, it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful album. I love, I love the title track. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit, but that, that song just sends chills, uh, my spine every time I hear it. Um, but there's just so many great songs on there. It just proved to me that yellow card is so much more than just a pop punk band. They're a great band. They write great songs. Uh, what were your thoughts on that record? Honestly, I don't, as, as bad as it might sound, I don't have a lot of thoughts on lift a sale. Um, I've listened to it all the way through once or twice and yellow card are a band that I respect immensely and I don't expect them to make the same record over and over and over. I I don't. I don't expect that of anyone. But there was something about Lift a Sail that just felt off to me in a weird way. Um, it, maybe it was just the fact that there weren't as many pop-punk songs as there were alternative-sounding songs. Um, I didn't hear Sean Mackin's violin as much as I'd really expected to. It was just... There was something just off about it that I... I like the album, but I couldn't fall in love with it. And even a couple years later now, um, I almost have the same reaction to it. Like, I have a bit of a harder time getting through it. And I don't know if that's just the direction they took it in because of, uh, you know, the subject material. They had to do something different for it. And I don't know if that's the reason or if it's just me being stubborn. But for whatever reason, I can't quite get into this album. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people didn't really like it, um, at least at the time it came out. Or maybe maybe not liking it isn't the right way to put it, but it seemed like people were uh, surprised um, and didn't really get it uh, of why Yellow Card would write an album like that. Um, and, I, and I do think that, you know, looking back, it's going to be kind of the, the one that stands out a little bit as kind of a weird album in their discography. But I um, it really, it really means a lot to me and I really, uh, really enjoy it. I've, I, I guarantee I'll be listening to that album as years go by way more than I'll be listening to the self-titled. Um, <laughs> number three for me was Southern Air. Uh, this is an album I feel like is the most well-rounded and complete album, uh, that the band has ever written. Um, I think front to bat is just absolutely solid. Every song, uh, is perfectly placed. I remember I reviewed this for Pop Matters, gave it a nine out of ten. Uh, and Pop Matters being a site that isn't like really heavy in the in the pop punk direction, uh, so there uh, <laughs> were some interesting comments uh, in the comment section. But um, I I just love the album. I think it's great. I think it like for me when you're through thinking, say yes was the primer for Southern Air. Like Southern Air, they completed and sound the most like Yellow Card of any album that I feel like they've put out. No, it's a, it's almost a perfect record. It's one of those that I can put on and front to back. I, it's just, it's fantastic. It really is. 
And I know they kind of build it as a sequel to Ocean Avenue in a weird way. Um, and you can hear it. Like, it's just, it has that sound. It has that pop. It has that swagger. It, it's just, every song is almost a masterpiece. And it contains what I think to be the all-time greatest Yellow Card song, which is Always Summer. It's just, wow. yeah. Always Summer is one of the best songs I have ever heard in my life. It's fun. It's optimistic for the most part. It's a heavy guitar. Sean Mackin has an amazing violin solo uh, in the middle. It's just, it's everything I have ever wanted from the band. And Awakening is also one of my all-time favorite Yellow Card songs. It's a heavy pop song. Um that has some depressing lyrics into it, but it's just, it's such a wonderful masterpiece of writing. And you just hear that the entire way through the record. And in a weird way, this is kind of the last masterpiece that Yellow Card put out, uh, I think. But in the same token, you know, that's what made them famous. It's not what defined the band, but it's what made them popular. And I'm glad they revisited that sound. I don't know if that's, you know, what they really want it to be or what they really should be considered. But Southern Air is uh, just one of those records that it's going to live forever for the people who've heard it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, you brought up Awakening. Such a fun song to sing along to live. I love when they play it. Um, and something we haven't mentioned is how good this band is at writing opening songs. Like, <laughs> they write really good opening tracks to their albums. And that's a really great example of it. So the last song on the album is called Southern Air, and uh, I, I love it. And Ryan's got these lyrics near the end. He says, and after living through these wild years, I'm coming out alive. I just want to lay my head here and stop running for a while. And to me, like we talk about album openers, that's like the, the perfect close to that album, both thematically, emotionally, musically, everything about that moment is just like this breath of relief um after you know and at that and the band still had more to go but you could almost feel the band starting to like near the end you could feel them coming towards the finish line in that moment and i just i i just think it's beautiful yeah and i feel like part of it was this was their answer after you know after years of putting out a few records after coming back from their hiatus people had been hounding them to do a follow-up to ocean avenue because They'd experimented with their sound a bit, but they never really did something that sounded like Ocean Avenue, and this is their answer to that. And not only did they do it, but they succeeded in every way possible. Yeah. Uh, number two for me is Paper Walls. Um, and I think I've told you before that Paper Walls is my favorite Yellow Card album. I know I've told other people that. Um, and here it is at number two on the list. I, yeah, why is that number two, stupid? Yeah, I know. See, this is the maybe I should have overthought it because um, now, even as we're talking about, it, I'm like, wait a minute, should that have been at number one? But I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what a sound of pretentious! I'm like, oh yeah, sure, Ocean Avenue isn't number one, but no, Paper Walls um, was an album that I loved. But I, I, I think this is why, if I had to give my a reason for why I'm placing it at number two, it's because when it came out, I thought it was okay, but I didn't get really into it until after a year later the band went on hiatus and i was like oh no and then i went back and listened to paper walls and really started to understand it um so i can't claim that i was like 
with that album right from the start but it's an album that stuck with me over time and an album that of any of theirs an album that's helped me through some shit uh paper walls is that album for me there's a lot of songs on that album that mean the world to me um it's you could feel them kind of shifting back in the direction that we were familiar with after lights and sounds um it's definitely a a much different album there's uh more pop punk influence there um but i feel like they're even better songwriters on that album than they were on ocean avenue um there are you know some songs that don't necessarily fit in um but i think overall the whole of the record is actually really fantastic um for me paper walls is actually the album i have the least to talk about uh even though yellow card came out what two weeks ago i've probably listened to it all the way through more than i have paper walls and i don't i don't really have a reason for that um it's just when i finally got back into yellow card after seeing them at all-time low paper walls was the last album i bought uh when i was going through my resurgence to listen to everything i listened to it a couple times all the way through there's some good songs i don't remember most of them uh, and I don't really have a reason for that other than just I started kind of cherry-picking things, and it was the last album I had to go through. Uh, the song I remember the most is Light Up the Sky because for whatever reason, when I saw All Time Low play for the first time, or when I saw Yellow Card play for the first time at All Time Low, uh, Light Up the Sky was one of the most powerful songs they played. And I just remember Ryan Key shouting the chorus and he would stop playing guitar and just point up in the air. And it was just one of those moments that it seems so perfect that that's the song I latched onto, even though I hadn't heard the album, I hadn't heard the song before. And it's one of the songs I've heard the least of the band entirely, but it's still something that stuck with me and yeah. for you know years afterwards. Yeah, I'd forgotten they even played that that night. And incidentally, my favorite memory with paper walls was that night uh, after the concert, I drove back to Louisville from Cincinnati and play that album. And again, I was going through some stuff at this point in my life. And I literally <laughs> just bawled my eyes out weeping on the highway, driving home, listening to that album, like every single song. Um, and uh, it was just a really powerful cathartic moment in my life uh, that I remember, which is another reason why paper walls is so high on this list and uh, an album I'm really grateful for. Um, so at number one, I put Ocean Avenue. Uh, we kind of talked about it already. This album, when I talk about nostalgia, this is an album that probably holds more nostalgia for me than almost any album that I can think of. Uh, from front to back, I can recite every lyric, you know, without even thinking about it. Uh, the opening notes from Way Away are some of my w- one of my favorite moments in music altogether. Um, and just this this album is beautiful. It's it's about it, you know it came out when I was uh, gosh I must have been I guess I, it was my soft middle of my sophomore year of college. Uh, it's about leaving home, uh, starting over a new life. That was a theme that spoke very powerfully to me at that point in my life. Um, and it's an album I listen to now, and I even if I don't identify it within the moment, I remember how I felt and how much I identified with it back in two thousand three and two thousand four. I would also like to add an addendum to this. I'm noticing that came out in 2003 and not earlier as I had suspected. So I was totally in high school 
uh, when this came out. So, yeah, eat that. Um, Back when you were in elementary school. I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just I, I remember waiting for this album to come out and waiting for the first single to come out and sitting with my friend at the computer, counting down the minutes until way away premiered online. And, uh, I don't know if it was going to premiere on TRL or something on MTV and we just heard it. I don't know what happened. I just remember listening to it and we replayed it over and over and over and over. Um, as far as I know, that was the first single. And then, but when it came out or whenever I heard Ocean Avenue, the song for the first time, I remember just being floored and being almost devastated at how good that song was. It's just, it's a perfect song of youth. Uh, hearing Sean Mackin's violin just devastate. It was one of those things that I'd never considered that to be, you know, the epitome of pop punk, and it fit in so perfectly. Yeah. I didn't know how anything else was ever going to dethrone that song for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, you brought up Way Away being the first single, and Ocean Avenue obviously was the big single that kind of blew them up, and it probably should have been the first single, but I'm so glad Way Away was a single because in my mind that is the superior song. Um, I still will watch the music video. Uh, still my favorite song of theirs. And so I remember... Um, and this was several months later after I'd had the CD and I'd had it for a while. They, you know, they weren't on the radio or anything. And I was hanging out with some friends in uh, one of the uh, one of the buildings where we were going to school. It was uh, in where the campus radio station was. Anyway, there was a TV in the room and it was turned on MTV and we were all sitting there talking. And all of a sudden I heard the dun, 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 the opening notes of Ocean Avenue. I remember kind of bobbing my head like, oh, that's Yellow Card. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's Yellow Card. Why are they on MTV? <laughs> And it was just like this weird, surreal moment. It was just like, oh, wow, this band's going to be huge, um, which of oh, course yeah. happened. Um, but and I'm so happy it did um, because we got to talk about all these other great albums and great music that they made. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's just it's one of those it's one of those albums that has way more singles than you thought it did. Like um, only one. I forgot was a single until mm-hmm. someone uh, started playing it and they started singing along to it, you know, a couple of years ago. And I just had that moment of like, oh yeah, that was a hit too. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful song. So yeah, that's uh, another great one. I mean, uh, yeah, the album's just loaded and they still play believe like that's a really deep cut on that album, a song about nine 11 and they yeah. still play it almost every show and it just tears it up. So um a lot of cool stuff. So last thing I'm going to do here, I went ahead and put down uh, my 10 favorite songs of theirs. I'm just going to run through them real quick. If you want to share any songs that you have, uh, you can. Um, I, I can't believe we are well, I can't believe we were able to talk about Yellow Card this long because we always go really long on everything we talk about. But um, <laughs> uh, So, okay, starting at number 10, uh, 10, Rough Landing Holly, 9, Always Summer, 8, Only One, 7, The Takedown, uh, for the opening track on Paper Walls, six is Awakening, five with you around, four back home, three Keeper uh, from Paper Walls, my favorite song from that album, two Lift a Sail, and one Way Away. That that is fair. Um, I I'm a little upset with you for putting Always Summer at number nine. How dare you <laughs> i mean it's okay it's a good yellow card song but it's not the greatest song ever written to me oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna fight you 
to the death with oven mitts. This is going to be real bad. <laughs> so Always Summer is definitely your favorite of theirs. Um, I, I think so. You know, I I came back to this band in 2011, I think, and even having Ocean Avenue for a decade before that, I, Always Summer is the song I have listened to by and far away the most out of anything they put out. Hmm. And I, I don't really have a particular reason for it. It's just, it's everything I've ever wanted Yellow Card to be. Yeah, it's a great song. It, I mean, it really encapsulates so many great things about Yellow Card. It's got that really fun bridge of, uh, I loved you first, I love you still, I always will. Like, that's a, yeah. that's a really great moment. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. We're both really thankful to Yellow Card. And I just want to say, like, personally... Um, you know, writing about music, doing this podcast, uh, doing photography, like this was something that's been a passion of mine for a long time and far and away, uh, the band that has supported me the most in that has been yellow card. Um, they've literally, I mean, they've literally shared every article, every album review I've ever written, uh, on social media. They've quoted me in press releases. They've, allowed me to cover every single one of their shows, do interviews. Um, they're some of the nicest guys I've met. Um, there's a lot of really cool bands out there, but the guys in yellow card are really awesome. Um, so not only am I thankful for their music, but I'm thankful for like how cool they are, uh, just to be that way. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. So, um, I'm sure they're not listening, but thanks yellow card for all of that. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Do you have any parting thoughts? I'll miss you. that's good well kyle as always it's been awesome um if you were listening to this podcast and you like it subscribe to it you can uh pull up itunes on your home computer the podcast app on your smartphone search it's all dead hit the subscribe button you can stay up to date on all the episodes we put out listen to our back episodes as well um and you can also of course go to it's all dead dot com um follow us on twitter like us on facebook stay up to date on uh, all the great articles that kyle writes and the uh mediocre articles that i write so fun stuff kyle (laughs) (laughs) kyle thank you for joining me tonight yes sir i'm kyle hawk and uh that's it we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the official it's all dead podcast you can download our podcast at itunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com.